Thanks for tuning in to the Direct Access to Oxford Physical Therapy podcast, where we talk about your body, how it moves, and empowering you with the knowledge to manage and treat your pain or discomfort. You will also get an exclusive behind-the-scenes look at a successful private practice. You have the questions, and we have the answers. Now let's get moving. Hi, this is Matt. I'll be your host. And this is Allie. I'm your co-host. I'm Rosalina, and I'll be tuning in on special features. We'd like to give a big shout out to everyone sending in feedback and all the great questions and comments that we've received as we started our podcast. Just to let you know, we are working on some things in our audio levels just to provide the best listening experience for you. Remember, if you do have any questions you'd like answered on our podcast, don't hesitate to send them in to our social media platforms like Facebook and Instagram. So thank you all for your patience while we fix that. And let's get back to the information that gives you direct access to Oxford Physical Therapy. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Direct Access to Oxford Physical Therapy podcast. We're back this week, and we have our new guest, Marie Graves. Hi. Marie, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about what you do here at Oxford and your role? I am the clinic manager at the chapel location, and I am a physical therapist. There you go. And we do a lot here, and it's probably a shorter list of what we don't do here. Yep. That's awesome. How long have you been with Oxford, Marie? About eight and a half years now. Awesome. Where did you come to Oxford from? Where did you I get your training? I graduated from Mount St. Joseph University. Actually, back then it was College of Mount St. Joseph. And I graduated in 2012 with my doctorate. Happens to be my alum, or my alma mater, sorry. Yes. And uh, Marie and I spent a lot of time together in her early days with Oxford. Yes. Because I was uh, working primarily at the Chapel Place Clinic, so we got to see each other every day. It was interesting. <laughs> and then we expanded our space there. Yes. We had space down the hall. We needed two rooms for two of us, so yeah. yes. And so we were working in parallel universes. Yes. So, so and, you uh, molded Connected her. but parallel, yes, yes. <laughs> you picked her because you could mold her into what you wanted. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> if anyone knows Marie, there's no molding Marie. No, 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 no. <laughs> but no, super happy to have Marie on our team. She's a very talented clinician and she helps a tremendous amount of patients. That's right. Um, Marie, we want to get to know more about one of the specialty um, services that you provide, and that's dry needling. Oh, nice. Good topic. (laughs) Good topic. So tell the listeners a little bit about what is dry needling and where did it come from? So dry needling has been around for about, you know, less than 10 years now. But how it came about is, you know, they did a study where they took trigger injections and they had two groups. So one group actually got an injection, which would be wet needling, and the other group actually just had the needle and placed into the trigger point, but no medicine was administered. And they actually found from that study that both groups actually did get better. So that is how dry needling came about. So we use dry needles, so they are actually acupuncture needles, and we are actually administering them into the major trigger points of the human body. So is it acupuncture or is it different? So it's not acupuncture because it is not, acupuncture is a very umbrella term. Um, to actually become an acupuncturist, you have to go to school and learn the training for about three years. So since we have our doctorate, we know how to administer the needles into the trigger points. So it's actually administered more scientifically. When you say more scientifically, um, you know, I know people that get acupuncture 
and they might uh, have pain in their knee and they get a needle in their ear. Mm-hmm. Um, is dry needling similar to that or is it different where you might be getting needles in places you do or don't hurt in? So, you know, the reason that acu- you know, dry needling came about is acupuncture has been around for 2,500 years, but there's never been any scientific proof of why it works. What we have noticed is when you administer a needle, you actually get a, a systemic response, meaning that your body is going to respond to that needle regardless. So what happens is when you put a needle into the body, what we're doing is we're actually administering it into the trigger points or the major areas or where the nerves run of the body. But what happens is the reason why acupuncture works is just because they're administering a needle, your body is still responding to that needle, but it's not necessarily going to be helping from a scientific standpoint of actually helping with the pain, swelling, and, you know, the reason why we're doing the needling in general. That's so much information. So like someone like me um, coming off like, you know, the street, dumb it down for people who just like don't really know what it looks like, like sounding like it hurts. Does it hurt? So a lot of patients are apprehensive when they he- hear the word needling. I always make sure to that if they feel comfortable enough, I will show them the needle. It is almost like the size of a piece of hair that yeah. is very flexible. You know, people think needling, they think of shots. They think, you know, mm-hmm. the big needle that they get into the arm. It is nothing like that. It is very small, very pristine. So in a lot of the times our patients Patients won't even feel the needle entering the body. Um, if we do have patients that are apprehensive, we do have those patients out there that you say needling and they start sweating. Yeah. <laughs> um, they We have ways that we can position them that they won't ever see it. And a lot of the times, you know, we'll do the treatment, be done, and they will ask, you know, is the needle in? Did you do it? Right. Is there, are they already out? So one, uh, one anecdotal story <clears throat> here I'd like to share, and Allie may or may not remember, but um, when we hired Allie, we wanted to make sure she had a full understanding of our services, and so we had Allie do some orientation in the clinic and be basically a patient and get a lot of different treatments so she understood what the treatments were. And one of them that she received uh, was dry needling, and I remember because yeah. I did Allie's yeah. dry needling. Do you remember that day, Alan? Yeah, so I might not act like I know exactly what dry needling is because I've had it. Um, but yeah, Matt, Matt made me a, I do, I played volleyball and I have some bad ankles and Matt, you know, tested me out and he made me stand on both ankles. He was like, yep, it's this one, isn't it? And he needled me from, I guess, all the way from the bottom of my foot up to like the back of my knee with what, like 12 needles. Doesn't hurt. Let me kind of sit there and marinate with that for a second and got up. <laughs> yeah, so but that's a good point. Um, you know, a little bit about the technique, Marie. So um, if, page, if people listening might be thinking, okay, you put a needle in, you take it out. Is it always put it in, take it out or? No, and every patient's different. So what we like to do is if you have a, if you come in and we're treating a specific area, we usually like to treat the areas above and below. Then what we do is we actually go to the specific area. Now, that depending on what size of needle, length of needle, how long we leave them in depends on the patient themselves. You know, the research actually shows that once the needle's in, the damage is done, meaning damage is, you know, the needle's creating a lesion that the body then has to heal. So damage in this sense is actually a good it's thing. It's a good thing, yes, because then you're promoting that healing. Yeah. So 
what happens is, you know, when you put a needle in, you're creating an injury to the tissue. Now, it sounds worse than what it is, but, you know, like we said, the needles are very small. They're like a, you know, piece of hair going in. So what happens is then the body then has to heal that area. You know, it's the same idea as like bodybuilders. They go out and, you know, lift and they're what they're doing is they're creating injury to their body in order to help heal and build muscle. So, you know, that's that's not necessarily what we use the needles for, but it's the same mentality. You're bringing blood flow to an area to help promote healing of that area. So where you're putting the needles is basically where you're telling the brain, hey, this area of yes. the body needs more attention. Let's heal it. Yes, that's it. And bringing blood flow. Yep, all of that. So if you do, I mean, it sounds like dry needling does a lot from what you're saying. It does a lot, yes. In terms of, you know, response and things like that. So if you're treating a patient with dry needling, is that all you do? You just dry needle no. and or are there other things you do with dry needling and what might accompany dry needling? No. So dry needling, you know, when I have a patient come in, you know, we first take their initial assessment. We see what they're there for. You know, we're trying to think of what's the best thing that can help them. What is the best, what do we have to offer to make their progress? And, you know, what we found is we use dry needling in combination with a lot of things. So we'll have a patient that comes in, you know, we evaluate them, we'll say, you know, let's try this, let's see if this, you know, if you are a needling candidate, we'll use it. But ideally, we're using the dry needling to go on top of either exercises, you know, we still do soft tissue work, we still do, we still do manual technique. The dry needling just helps us to get to more tissue, deeper tissue than we've ever been able to get to before. So do you ever have somebody that comes in that's like, hey, I just want dry needling, like before you even screen them? And do you go through that process or how does that work? We do actually have a lot of patients because, like I said, acupuncture has been around for 2,500 years. And then they realize that we do dry needling. And so we do have those patients that come in and all they want is dry needling. And, you know, we kind of explain the purpose of dry needling. Are they a candidate for it? And a lot of the times the patient that does come in that requests dry needling is a good candidate for it because, you know, it goes back to that systemic response of if they feel that they need it, if we were to do dry needling, you know, and we do feel that they are a good candidate for it, then yes, they will, you know, we will try the dry needling with them. So who, uh, you mentioned candidate, who mm-hmm. wouldn't be a good candidate or what couldn't you treat? The you know, we have the patients that come in that I like to call them, they're um, very acute or I like to use the word hot, meaning an injury just has occurred. They have a lot of swelling. They're very sensitive. And those are the patients that you need to know you need to be hands off. You know, those are the ones that you need to let the body calm down because, like we said, the needle goes into the body and actually and actually creates a lesion. Well, that body's already healing. So you need to let that body go through that healing process before you can get in and try to do any other hands-on treatment, including manual technique or dry needling. So sometimes you might treat a patient um, and then do dry needling some number of sessions down the road and then maybe treat them with that and then not do dry needling. So you don't always dry needle every time or take exactly. us through that? You know, a lot of patients come in and sometimes we, you know, when we do have a physician referral, they will mark dry needling and the patient comes in with, you know, wide eyes, like, why do they have needling on here? And once you kind of talk them through the process of, you know, we're going to even assess if you are a candidate, you know, and we let them know it's always a possibility. But if a patient is ever, ever apprehensive, those are the patients that they are not going to get better with needling. You know, they're the ones that if they even look at a needle and it makes them 
start to sweat or things like that, then they are not necessarily the best candidate. Now, once they get to know us, we get to, you know, build a great rapport with them. Um, And once we realize, you know, they realize, yeah, they are a candidate. It's going to help them. You know, like we said, we are able to comfort them, put them in a position that maybe they won't see the needling. And, you know, then a lot of, I mean, I have to say a lot of times the patient does great with it. Going back to what I said, um, with like people who just walk in and they're like, I want dry needling, do this for me. Like sometimes they may or may not be a candidate, but is there ever like just, um, that kind of person that walks in? Like, do they all have like something in common? Are they all athletes? Are they all bodybuilders? Like you said, like they're usually like people that I know that I've seen, like who go in and get these treatments just like off the cuff, um, like let's say like a lot of athletes are like those bodybuilders or the people who lift like really heavy weights. Um, what are those cross, crossfitters? Crossfitters. Yeah. I feel like they are really into dry needling. You know, but, well, it goes back to what we said about what the needle does to the body and also what working out does to the body. You know, when you work out and you're trying to build muscle, you're doing the same idea as if you were to put a bunch of needles into one muscle, you know, so it's that feeling that they're getting. So, yeah, we do have the um, so-called bodybuilders, crossfitters <laughs> that do come in and that just, you know, want the needling. And, you know, there there comes a time where you have to say this this is not going to be the the only thing that's going to make you feel better. You're basically trying to get a quick treatment to get almost that – you know, we talked about that systemic, that, you know, heightened fight or flight, you know, feeling, and it's not going to last. So those are the patients you really have to do a lot of education with. And, you know, if they do needling a couple times, you know, we do have the patient, you know, I think you're more looking for a story. And we do have the patient <laughs> that comes in, you needle one part of the body, and then they think needling is great for every other part of the body, yeah. and it might not be. And so it's a lot of education to the patient of, you know, what needling is actually meant to do how it's helping you and just, you know, is this something that will help them or are they just trying to get, you know, a quick adrenaline rush and <laughs> go back to their exercise? Or, or like so. what's really popular out there. Um, speaking on that though, so does someone need like a separate prescription to come get dry needling? Like say if they were that bodybuilder or that athlete that comes in? No, not at all. So we have direct access. So you can come to see us without a doctor's script. You know, we do the evaluation. We determine what, you know, techniques, what treatments we are going to administer. Um, so the answer to your question is no. If you feel like you would be a good candidate, then you would come in and see us and we'd let you know if you would be or not. That's why we're on the direct <laughs> access to Oxford Ba-da-bum. Physical Therapy Podcast. Yes. It always rolls back to that, guys. Doesn't I'm sorry it? if you're going to get sick of it, but you shouldn't because this is where we are. <laughs> I have to get it in each episode. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, so, Marie, if people out there are thinking, just to go back to Allie's point, um, you know, we do have uh, dry needling for performance where mm-hmm. people can come yes. in maybe before an event, before a run, before a marathon. They may not have pain or issue and they just want to do self-pay and do dry needling for that. Um, if people are having pain or issues, though, and it's part of their PT treatment, does insurance usually cover dry needling? So as of this year, some insurances have covered it. Unfortunately, not all, you know, but the good thing is everyone can still have access to it. So what we have done at Oxford is if your insurance covers it, we will go ahead and it's billable to your insurance. We will bill the insurance. But if it's not, say you're coming in, you're getting other treatment and you want to try dry needling and unfortunately it is not covered, we do offer it's $25 per treatment, um, which is cheaper than you'll find anywhere else around this region. So, um, you know, we do have a lot of people who, 
you know, find relief from it and they're willing to pay the $25. So that's nothing. That's nothing, on, for, <laughs> nothing for relief, right? right? And on average, just ballpark, I know it's hard to predict because everybody's different, but about how many for the average condition dry needling sessions would you say people do? So when we were in the dry needling um, course, you know, they actually gave us the timeline of it's, if it's a new injury, something that hasn't been around for a while, it's about four to six treatments. If it's something that has been around for a while, more chronic, we would say, so more than six months or years, it would be around six to eight treatments. For anything that's long-lasting, you know, we're talking the patient that comes in on their 60 and they got hurt back in high school, they might see more relief in maybe 8 to 10, if not further. So everyone is different, but that's usually the guideline that I tell patients is it is a dosage thing. It's one of those that the more times you do it, the more it'll build on itself and the better that you will get. And that's probably better for some of those patients in the long run that are kind of apprehensive about it at first and then they get used to it and then they start seeing those results. And it might, you know, just be one of their favorite things that they get when they come well, here. We, yes, we do have those patients that come back and, you know, they just, it helped them so much the first time. They they want to know if it will help another body part. So, yes. Yeah, and that's a good question, I think. Um, you know, do you have people that use it a lot? Obviously, there's a lot of um, issues. You know, we've talked on this podcast about pain and how pain can become chronic and things mm-hmm. like that. And do you have people use it as, um, you know, basically like a bridge to help them stay functional? Yes, we actually do have a lot of patients who, you know, very chronic, low back issues, you know, any any body part in all honesty. And it is nice. We, we jokingly say sometimes they come in for a tune-up. Right. And, you know, weather gets cold, their arthritis flares up, you know, they come in. Dry needling has helped them before. They will come in and get another round of it and, you know, feel good for a couple months, if not a year or so, and do well. And obviously, you know, and it's really um, kind of a hot issue right now with opioids oh, and yes. pain medicine and things like that. And yes. I just think, um, wow, what a powerful tool that we have at our disposal right. and how much help we could give people avoid those kind of dangerous treatments. Right. So yes. no one can get addicted to dry needling? No. <laughs> no. Not any research right now, but no, no. So you mentioned earlier different um, – needling, you know, different things you might do, techniques and length of needles and things like that. Take us through a little bit of specifics, just educate people about, you know, is every needle the same and is there different thicknesses or lengths and what you might do with the needles in certain instances. So we do use a variable size and length of needle. Um, The only thing that doesn't vary much is the circumference of the needle. Like I said, the needles are very small. They all are very small, depending on the length. So, you know, certain body parts will require different size needles. So anything where I'm going around, you know, a smaller body part, um, a joint, things like that, we have needles that are about a half inch. They go long. Right. Long, yes, about a half inch long. We go from one inch, two inch, three inch, and, you know, for those uh, crazy you know, risk seekers out there. We do have four inch needles that (laughs) we do use on occasion, but yeah, it just depends on the patient's body type, the area that I'm doing. You know, there's a lot of variability that goes in with it. Um, Some other thing, you know, for patients that come in and once again, they kind of give me a wide-eyed look as we do actually use some electricity with the needles. Um, So when they, you know, you see a patient that has some needles in with some 
you know, wires, <laughs> wires sticking out. That is that we do intend for that to be yeah. there, you know, and it's, it's one of those things that it helps. Yes, but <laughs> it does help, you know. The, the reason for the dry needling is we're trying to get down to tissue that we have never been able to get down to before. And we want to use other modalities that have already been around and have been proven to help patients, but unfortunately, they stay very superficial. So, you know, by using the electricity with the needles, it actually gets down and into different muscles than we ever were able to before. So, um, you know, I know that you can use probably dry needling for any condition, for any muscle, for any issue you're working with, but what would be your top five or 10 diagnoses that you say, man, when I get a patient with this, yeah. if I dry needle them, I know it's going to help. Yeah. Them. We have, I mean, I, I could say today, five patients that came in that I knew like this would be beneficial. And I usually will tell patients if they are interested in dry needling, the top issues that we have found that dry needling has really helped is cervical pain. Low back pain. So cervical, just to clarify just dis- for audiences, yeah. is, is neck. Neck, sorry. Right? So <laughs> Forgot. Cervical, <laughs> all, meaning all neck. PT realm here. We have neck to and, yeah, sorry. <laughs> neck and down. shoulders, low back, um, piriformis issue, which is more into the um, bottom or into the hip. Pain in the butt. We pain all in got the a, butt. It's I know. 2020. We all got a pain in the butt. Oh we all God. should be it's getting dry needling. It's actually got to be musculoskeletal so pain in the butt, not, <laughs> not a coworker not or anything everybody. else. <laughs> Everyone's going to come in saying, oh, it's 2020. I need dry needling. Matt said so. Yes. (laughs) Yes. But what it does, you know, anything that is nerve-related. So, you know, carpal tunnel, I'm pretty sure the layman knows that. Anytime, you know, it's a nerve issue with the hand. There is also the same issue for the foot, meaning tarsal tunnel. Same idea. It's just carpal tunnel into the foot. So, you know, those, yeah. So dry needling does wonders to kind of help with those issues as well. Speaking of that, so like I've been texting way too much on my phone. And since I'm the digital marketing specialist and I work a lot from my phone, my thumb has been just like twitching and aching. So is that something you can dry needle for me? Yes. And I plan on dry needling you after today's Um, podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, but I think we have some room for a story. Do you have any like fun stories or something that was just like real gruesome? Anything that you use dry needling for in a patient that you want to share? I don't want to use the word gruesome. (laughs) Um, We do have, it's always men and females that come in and I needle and they always say, is this going to help me lose weight? I do not have the magic to needle you to help you lose weight. (laughs) How would that work? It was just, yes, a patient asked. She said, you know, I know that there are acupuncture's can you put a needle oh. to help me lose weight and the answer is no if i had that there would be a line out the clinic door yeah. i promise you but no there there is no way that i can needle or use the dry needles to help trigger your metabolism that is interesting Fantastic. i don't think i've ever heard that before have you oh it's oh. you hear it's, something every day from a new patient <laughs> it's we hear that quite often Well, one thing I can say, um, you know, kind of as operations director, we kind of made a strategic decision to have everyone trained in the same needling format, which I think in in hindsight was a really good decision um, because now um, uh, we're speaking here with Marie, who is excellent at dry needling, but rest assured, all of our Oxford clinicians are trained in the same dry needling techniques, and um, I have confidence in, in all of them doing the needling, so... Um, Marie, do you want to give any little insight to what the training was like and, you know, maybe take us back to kind of how that went? You know, looking back when you told me we were going to the course, because I think you and I were the first ones to go to the course. Yep. It was me, you, and the rest of the gang. And That's right. We were one of the first group to go. And when you told me the dates and times, it seemed gruesome. Like it was, you know, 
10 hour days, three days. And it just seemed like a lot. But the, the, from the minute we walked in, they explained what dry needling was. The first thing they had us do was take a needle and put it into our own arm. And from that day I was hooked. And I think, you know, all of us were, and it just, you saw, you know, when patients always ask, have you had this done? Do you do this on yourself? And I, the answer is yes, I do. Um, but it's one of those that they said, if you followed the rule book, you would have been dry needled about 152 times. And I can tell you, we probably left that course with over 250 dry needling marks on ourselves because it's so interesting. Yeah. I remember the course we, you know, uh, at the end of it, I mean, you had been dry needled. Uh, we've dry needled basically every spot on each other that we dry needle on patients. So, yes. Yes. Um, a great way to learn and a great way to experience it yourself. So uh, we truly do know, you know, what it feels like. So. Yes. Well, I think we've done a uh, marvelous job getting to know Marie and getting to know about dry needling. Um, anything else you want to share with the audience about dry needling, Marie, we didn't talk about? No, not that I can think of. You know, like I said, every patient is different. So, you know, if you feel like dry needling is for you, like I said, you do not need a doctor script to come see us. I can't believe how many people <laughs> still think they need to see the doctor to come in and see us. So um, we do actually offer B visits as well. So if you think that there is something that you, you know, you just have a quick question or if you want us to t- take a quick look or even just a chat. I mean, you can always stop in. We do, um, a lot, you know, have walk-ins. You will have to go through, you know, taking your temperature checked and all that other <laughs> fun stuff and wear a mask. Um, but, you know, there is something, if it's just a question, comment, concern, you know, something you need to, you know, have us just quickly screen, we'd be more than happy to. Awesome, guys. Remember, keep those five-star ratings coming. Please subscribe. And if you have questions, send them our way. We're trying to put together a audience or listener episode where we answer all of your burning questions about physical therapy. Yeah, we'd love to give you a shout-out on our podcast, so make sure you subscribe and listen and share with your friends and family. All right, guys. I think that's it. Yep. Bye-bye. Thanks, Marie. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening. You can find us online at OxfordPhysicalTherapy.com. And you can also find us on our social media pages like Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and TikTok. Remember, you do not need a doctor's referral to receive physical therapy in the state of Ohio and Kentucky, where we offer double the care for less than half the cost. You can schedule appointments online or stop into any center for a free screen, what we like to call a bee visit. Please write a review, send us a comment or message on our social media platforms. And until next time, keep it moving.